I'm Angela Kelly Robeck, host of the Empowered Principal Podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Hey, welcome back. Steve here. And today I'm talking with Manoj Argawal, who went from $2 a day to being in a Fortune 500 boardroom. He helps others be successful and he has become a thought leader in artificial intelligence. Oh, so much to learn today as we take a look at AI and our world. Thanks for listening. And by the way, before you go, it'd be so cool if you went to my website, stephenmaletto.com slash reviews and left a review. Could you do that for me? It'd be nice. You know, you can say some nice things about the podcast as well as maybe even five stars. Hmm, that'd be so cool. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing and uh, enjoy the show. It's the Education Podcast, your favorite show, with lots of groovy guests and they share what they know. So crank it up to 10 and let your neighbors know that here's another show with Dr. Steve Milletto. Teaching, learning, leading, K-12. Teaching, learning, leading, K-12. Teaching, learning, leading, K-12. Ah, ah, with Dr. Steve Milletto. Manoj Argawal went from a low-wage worker in India earning just $2 a day working for his father in warehouses to working with the top companies in the world. He shook off limiting beliefs and created his own path as a thought leader in artificial intelligence over the past two decades. Recently, he spoke alongside the, the Nobel Prize winner at the United Nations. Manoj is the author of two best-selling books and the host of the podcast, Bootstrapping Your Dreams, where he helps entrepreneurs live their dreams. Right now, the podcast is listed in the top 0.1% worldwide, according to Listen to Notes, for podcasts related to entrepreneurship. He says, if you want to finally rise above your past limiting beliefs, family philosophies, and upbringing, I can help. Manoj knows what it takes to remove your poorly functioning operating system and replace it with a new mindset made to hold all your dreams and ambitions. He has been in AI for 15 years and has four patents in AI. Manoj has served clients like Microsoft, IBM, Pearson Education, and more, producing $500 million in value for them. His work has impacted over 10 million lives. Our focus today is how AI is going to change our world. Manoj, thanks for joining me today and say hi to everyone. Thank you so much for that lovely introduction. Uh, you know, uh, I couldn't have said it better, but thank you so much. Well, you're very welcome, and it's great to have you here. And we gotta, we're going to talk about a little bit of your background first and then, and then kind of move that forward. I mean, I mean, at age 15, you started working in a factory where you worked 12 hours a day with only $2 as a daily salary. I mean, yeah, could, yeah. You, could you tell us what you did? What, what was that world? So, uh, well, I mean, you know, I grew up in a very small town, so there was not a lot of opportunity. Uh, India was a, a developing country back then uh, and still is. Um, but back then it was like very limited um, scope for uh, education, for uh, opportunities. So um, I just basically needed to do something with my life. So I started working in this factory for, uh, for uh, you know, as you mentioned, $2 a day. And the idea was to just uh, get on with my life and try to do something. And during uh, one of my lunch breaks uh, in the factory, I was flipping through some business magazines and I read the stories of these tycoons who had built their empires, millions and billions of dollars worth of empires. And I thought to myself, like, what is different about them? And what, what, what do I lack? Like, why are they so successful? And uh, why am I not? And, um, uh, something triggered that day in my mind i don't know what it was but i you know started seeking uh some avenue to uh 
raise myself, raise my sort of uh, standard. And then I found my love for computers and programming and I just knew that is what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. And so, you know, that is the first part of the story where um, I found technology as my vehicle for, you know, making an impact and changing my life. That is awesome. Uh, I love it. Is, is there something that you just, some lesson that you always want to, you kind of keep in your mind that you learn from working in that factory that will just be there always? That, is, yeah, can yeah. you talk about that? Yeah, I mean, it was hard work, but the lessons that I learned, uh, you know, it th- there were many lessons. One is business is all about people. Business is all about relationships. So, you know, we can we can say, oh, you know, it's about machines, it's about technology, it's about computer, whatever whatever we think in our mind it is, it's not. Business is about uh, people and relationship, your employees, your partners, your clients. So you really need to uh, learn how to communicate with them how to empathize with them, how to understand where they're coming from. The second thing I learned was uh, the uh, the uh, everything that is worth building takes a team effort. It takes multiple people, multiple uh, cogs in, in the system to work together. Because if you're just working by yourself, you can achieve success, but it will be limited to your ability. But if you want to do something bigger, you have to make sure you work well with others. And um, that is that is the lesson I learned in the factory because there's an assembly line of things that are being produced at a massive, massively uh, fast rate. If there is one break in, in one small machine in that assembly line, the whole thing stops, right? So uh, it could be um, that, you know, uh, there are 10 machines working in sync, but if one small thing breaks down, the other nine are uh, at, they are not at fault, but they have to stop as well. So these are the lessons I learned where, you know, you have to bring everybody together in order to achieve big things and then make sure that you maintain these relationships. Awesome. And, you know, and when you read about your story, you know, you, you can't, uh, um, I, I, I tried to figure out if I could just keep moving on. I went, no, I'm going to have to get you to talk about the impact that, um, app tech had on your life and the focus for your future because that played a big role there. So can you talk about that? Yeah. Yeah. So app tech was the, uh, you know, computer Institute, which opened up in my small town and I got my, uh, computer education there. And, uh, you know, the first year I tried to enroll, the salary was more than uh, the, the fees was more than my salary. So I, I couldn't do that. So, so next year I sort of saved up a little bit and, um, and, uh, and then I enrolled in the, uh, course and then I made the best out of it because, um, you know, first of all, there was like limited uh, computer time we used to get. So I used to book as much computer time as possible and then draw, uh, bribe others to give me their time so I can spend, uh, you know, more time programming and practicing. And then the other thing that happened was I also found my future wife, uh, my girlfriend in the, in the same course. And um, yeah, th- those were the two impactful things that happened. Like, you know, just learning more about the computers, building systems that could help other people. And that was the, you know, sort of the drive that kicked in where I said, I can just write some code and, you know, just drop it into the computer, share it with other people and it'll help them without me doing anything. Like it's, uh, so it became a hobby. It became like a, a game for me. Uh, so that was, uh, that was an impactful uh, period for sure. That's awesome because that's going to, you know, it, it, it's all these steps that are leading you to uh, um, the success you've had today. And it's it's so cool. And especially to see the role that uh, learning this new skill, the series of skills or way of thinking and so forth and not 
and I, you know, I, I can't say enough about not giving up or giving in or yeah. um, however you would um, think about it in, in those terms. Cause you know, cause yet another wall happens to you, which is the situation where uh, like you, you referenced uh, your girlfriend that you fall in love with and uh, you write that your family didn't approve of her. And, and uh, you know, could you talk about what happened and the impact that that event had on your life? Because that changes sure, just sure. drastically. Yeah. Yeah, so um, so uh, we were from different religions, and in India back then, still still is like um, uh, you know it's taboo to marry outside of your religion, uh, let alone like pick your own spouse. You know your parents are supposed to do that in in India, so so that was a big problem. But um, I've always learned, uh, you know, uh, the best life to live, uh, the way to live is follow your heart. You know, um, follow um, follow passion, follow your heart, um, and uh, my heart said, okay, you know, uh, I need to follow, uh, this path. And we got married irrespective of what the family said. And, um, you know, it, it was tough to go against the grain and we faced a lot of backlash from family, from society, uh, in general. So we, uh, lived in India for about, uh, a year after we got married, but then we, it got to a point where we said, okay, you know, we shouldn't, uh, we, we cannot live here anymore. So we decided to move to North America. I appreciate you sharing that. Because uh, that, um, so then it's coming to North America where you're going to end up, you're, you know, you're literally going to end up in that boardroom and uh, um, your world is just uh, really taken off. And I, and, and one of the things that I want to go to is that, you know, you know, you say this in, in, in everything that anything about uh, your uh, your background and such, you go from a two dollar a day to the boardroom of a Fortune five hundred. So you got to talk about how that take happen. I mean, what yeah, yeah. what happened there? See, um, th- th- there were many steps in that journey as well. So when I came to North America, it was the dot com boom time, and I got a job very quickly. But then I lost my job uh, quickly as well because dot com bust happened. And then I lost another job because of September 11th. And then lost another job for uh, because of Gulf War. So uh, it, after doing all that uh, for first few years, I said. You know, job security is not a real thing, even in North America. So I just started my own consulting company and started uh, consulting with multiple startups, helping them build their technology, their products. And then I also got a chance to um, work with Microsoft. Um, so on micro, in Microsoft, uh, we, I was uh, asked to help them build a system for their enterprise clients uh, worldwide, which that, that system was processing about $30 billion worth of transactions every year. And so that was one of the biggest projects of my life at that time. And um, I got to interact with, uh, you know, um, uh, like very um, senior executives in Microsoft. And I got to learn how they see the world. Because, you know, working with startups, it's like, you know, you're steering a motorboat and you can like go anywhere very fast and take a turn. Uh, Working with Microsoft, it's like an oil tanker. Like, you know, if you need to take a turn, you you know, you've got a plan for like a month. Uh, You know, we will will take this, you know, make this little tweak here. And so uh, these uh, experiences taught me like how, you know, small companies become large companies, large companies, uh, you know, sort of start to dominate the world and how they serve their clients and all that. So uh, being in those boardrooms um, was um, surreal uh, at first, but then I started as I interacted more and more with the, with the executives, I realized like it, they are just human beings like us. 
and um, they have their worries, they have their you know ways of thinking. But the thing is, if we start to learn from uh, from what they are doing, their their mistakes, their uh, 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 accomplishments, and then also bring the other experience from our, our past life, mix it all together, it's even more effective in that sense because now I have many more tools in my tool chest and I can apply the right tool in the right situation. Yeah, that's it's awesome. You know, in going back to something you said before about learning from the factory, the about how things are about relationships and about uh, how they work together. And I can see how that would really pay off as you're getting to know and work with and, uh, and talk with, with, uh, um, with the people that are surrounding you, especially yeah. you know, having the experience of losing this job or losing that job. And then, I mean, it, you know, saying, okay, yeah. I'm done with that. Let me, let me start my own job. Are we going <laughs> to yeah, create yeah, my exactly. own business? And, and, uh, and so I, I have to go back to what you said before, which is the, the, the power of those relationships. Because I can only imagine as you as you start trying to, you know, you're reaching out and you're contacting others and so forth like that. You have to be, um, you have to have that confidence that uh, you can, you know, connect with others and so forth. Uh, can yeah. you just kind of talk to that just a little bit? Yeah, yeah, that's a very good point, actually. You know, um, the the thing um, is that I have been quite. Uh, uh, how can I say it? Like for a lack of a better word, stupid. Like I'm, I'm just stupid. Like I, I'll just go and talk to anybody about, Hey, how's your day going? You know? Uh, and then I start to joke with them. Um, and I find that, uh, many people hesitate. Like, you know, if you see a person, uh, you know, you can be, uh, uh, friendly with them, but as soon as you know, their title or senior vice president at Microsoft, something happens in you and it's like, Oh my God, I shouldn't talk to that person, but it's the same person. And so, if you just remove that title and then just say, Hey, you know, uh, you are Steve and I'm Manoj, like, you know, how's your day going? Tell me about your family. You know, did you go on, uh, do something good over the weekend? I find that if you come across as friendly, uh, then even pe people who we consider as, uh, you know, uh, as they are on a pedestal, they are actually, uh, they are actually, uh, you know, eager to talk to, uh, to you because most people are putting them, on the pedestal and they, they don't know how authentic they are. But if you come across as, as authentic and you know, have, you have no agenda, you have nothing to gain. Uh, you know, they are quite welcoming in most cases. That's what I found. And then, you know, building those relationships was also like, you know, just like, um, giving what you can. I mean, uh, one thing is like, you know, um, a lot of people say, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm talking to this senior vice president because I want to be seen. I want to be, you know, noticed and that will lead to promotions or whatever. But, um, you know, for me, it was never about that because Microsoft was a client. So I, I didn't expect any promotion or anything. It was just like, you know, uh, uh, chatting up with the, with the, with the people who were working on the project. Uh, what I found was that whenever somebody brought up something that, you know, oh, I have backache, you know, I, I had something to offer. I said, Hey, you know, have you tried this, uh, ointment? Have you tried this yoga exercise or something along those lines? Uh, you know, it, it may help you. And so even if they didn't try it, you know, you come across as, Hey, I'm, I'm giving you something like I have, I have nothing to take from you, but I'm, I'm giving you. And I find that, uh, people who give, um, 
it it comes back in many ways like strange ways from multiple different directions it may not be from the person that you are giving to but it may come from uh, some other sources so i learned uh, earlier on like you know um, even if you don't have anything to give just give a smile G- give a little bit of your time and uh, listen to some people and that comes uh, that comes back in a big big way that's so powerful that's awesome and and just as a note i mean uh, you've um you've been recognized or brought up in uh, um, talks by uh, President Obama and, uh, and Bill Gates. So, uh, I mean, my goodness, <laughs> that's, uh, those connections and the, the talking and so forth. And just like you said, have really uh, gotten others, uh, um, you know, their attention, I guess, is where I'm going with yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, attention. Uh, I mean, you know, the the thing is that we live in an attention economy. Everything is attention. You know, people pay uh, millions of dollars for thirty seconds of commercial in uh, in Super Bowl. Basically, they are just looking to get attention. Um, but the key thing about attention is, uh, once again, you have to realize if you start to um, tap into what other people want, and then you give it to them that's when you get the most attention. Most people, they just focus on themselves. They say, look at me, uh, you know, uh, I am so great. And, but, uh, but if you say, you know, forget about me, tell me what is it that you want? What is it that you're trying to accomplish? How can I help you? Um, you know, uh, that's when people pay more attention. Not only they pay attention, but then they tell other friends, they say, hey, you know, uh, you know if you have any problem, go talk to this person. Uh, they will be able to help you out. That is so awesome. Uh, great advice and uh, powerful advice. I mean, to, to make you understand that it's just, you know, figuring out how to help the other, the, the per, you know, whoever it is that you're working with. I like that. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I, I got to mention something that I, I've heard you talk about that I, I, I was not going to talk about, but I'm like, I got to talk about it. So mm-hmm. can you talk a little bit about what travel, how, how being traveled or having been, because you've, you've come, a, you've been a lot of different places. So mm-hmm. what role that might help uh, uh, others as well yeah, yeah. as it been for you? Yeah, uh, another great question. Uh, you know, the thing is that um, this is all sort of related, building relationships, helping other people. And the thing is that uh, what I realize is uh, I had an advantage living in India and coming over to North America. So I already sort of experienced two different cultures. And when I came to North America, obviously there are uh, people from various parts of the world. So when I interacted with them, I learned about their culture. The idea is that uh, when we understand multiple cultures, we start to see the shades of gray in humanity. Like humanity is so diverse, so um, you know, so many different preferences, so many different passions people have. So when you start to absorb that, um, that then you start to uh, relate better to people and understand what they are looking for. So uh, an example is like, let's say, um, you know, I, I'm really passionate about food, let's say, and that's the only thing I think about, but then I don't go out there and venture and like, you know, look at other cuisines, look at what, uh, what other countries have to offer. Then I will be very limited in my choice of relating to other people. If I go meet a friend and they, they are eating food that I don't understand, I won't have much to say, you know? But if you travel, you you absorb so much. Your mind expands in so many ways that that you have so many stories to tell. You become much more relatable, um, and and you can talk to anybody from from any uh, background, any industry, any any nationality. Uh, 
And that's that's one thing I found, you know, very, very um, impactful. And anyway, I mean, travel is fun as well. But I think um, I think we forget this is one thing that uh, that I want to mention here. Like I watched the movie Avatar. If people haven't watched it, I highly recommend it. In the end of the movie, they they discover that uh, uh, the trees on this uh, uh, planet, they have a network, a global network, and they are, they are joined together with their uh, through their roots and then they you know communicate with each other through their roots and that's uh, true even on earth so what we need to realize is the human uh, species is also a network uh, and the and the uh, bigger roots you can spread of yourself like you can you can connect with more people the the more you flourish the more strong the stronger you become no matter what storm comes your way like the recession comes or whatever if you have a big network and you have deep roots, um, you know, th- that, that is what makes you, uh, uh, a strong person and an impactful person. So that's related to travel. That's related to relationships and that's related to how we can, you know, talk to each other and build those, um, uh, relationships. Oh, I love that. That is so awesome. It's, it, you know, just when you think about uh, talking with people and, and, and saying, I mean, because if, if nothing else, you also, as you're exposed to other aspects from food to uh, how people think to what they do and how they live, or um, you, it also then brings something else into your talk and your discussions yeah. that you can have when you're trying to connect with others. So I, I, I love that. Good, good stuff. All right. All right. So now I'm going to kind of shift you here because you're hmm. part of your world is, is AI and uh, in my world, which is all around education, you know, we're really focused on A right now, and and some not so good. Some some are thinking, uh, you know, the world might be coming to an end, and some are thinking, oh, this might just be the new door opening. And so, uh, one of the things I want to do is, uh, before we go any further, when you use the term AI, how do you think about AI? What is it that it means to you? See, uh, AI is basically an extension of our own mind. Our mind is a pattern recognition machine, so we recognize patterns everywhere, starting from our childhood. So I'll give you a quick example. If a child touches a hot stove, uh, he or she knows not to touch it again. And that is a pattern that the mind learns even at a young age. And there's only one data point touching the stove. That's it. Now, if we put that child in Antarctica with heat resistant gloves and there's like wind chill uh, flowing and it's very, very cold. And now the child touches the stove, it will actually feel pleasant, not hot. So the child will learn, oh, you know, there are multiple variables in this situation. And based on the variables, I need to make a decision whether it's safe to touch the stove or not. So now uh, that mind records four or five more variables. But if we um, extrapolate that into more complex situations where, you know, I want to predict the weather, I want to predict the stock market, I want to, you know, um, like do these, uh, make these major decisions, there are hundreds of thousands of parameters involved in that, right? So our mind is only capable of maybe handling 10 to 15 parameters at a time. And when we look at these large uh, data sets, uh, the machines are capable of ingesting millions and millions of data points and finding these minute patterns and telling us that, okay, you know, uh, according to this data, it's going to rain uh, in 14 days. According to this data, this stock should be at this point. So that's what AI is. It, it's, it's a very, very powerful way to recognize the patterns that happen in our world. Awesome. And, you know, I, I'm, uh, this is, uh, I'm 59 and, uh, when, uh, um, 
before I was even born, um, there was a huge focus on computers and the sci-fi of the time. And, and I love going back to those movies. I, w- I watch a lot of those movies from those, mm-hmm. th- those time frames. And you see a lot of them where you have Colossal or Colossus, the big computer that's going to take over the world and it's going to end, end uh, everybody. And then you, know, you move up into the 60s and you have that continue. It's so much so that there's a lot of research during those times, that books that were written during those days about uh, the role that computers will take in our lives one day. And um, and then, you know, in the late 60s, you have Stanley Kubrick and uh, 2001. And um, and if you've ever seen the movie, I mean, uh, you won't forget when uh, Hal decides that Dave doesn't really need to exist any longer. And if you haven't seen it, you got to go look for that. And that's all I'm going to tell you about it. But, uh, <laughs> you know, so what do you think now? Because there's a lot. I mean, are, is AI going to take over our world? I mean, are we going to sure. are we going to? have jobs eliminated and, uh, and be looking to, you know, I don't know, you know, a more modern movie would be one, you know, called Terminator where there's a song called Skynet. Yeah. I mean, so what, yeah, yeah. what do you think about all that? See, I'll, I'll answer it in uh, a few parts. One is, um, uh, when humans think that we put some thinking ability in some other, other species, other computers, it will be exactly like us, meaning it will be jealous, it will be ambitious, it will be, you know, like uh, thinking, how can I take over the world? But if we look at all the species on this planet, millions of species, there's only one species that wages organized war against their own. That's it human beings, right? And that war comes from our childhood traumas, our our own, um, you know, our own uh, inability to face our fears. And then we project our fears on others and say, okay, you know, I'm going to take over the world. I'm going to kill you guys. And and I'm the only one who rules. That's, that's, that's how sort of the basic structure of war is. Now, if I look at a machine, uh, even if I say, okay, somebody will need to write an algorithm to make the machine jealous and ambitious enough to figure out, oh, you know, I could do without that. It's just, uh, it's just absurd to me uh, knowing human beings well and knowing computers well. Uh, th- that's not going to happen, uh, in my opinion. Uh, uh, so, so I will put those fears to rest. That you know, machines are not ambitious. They have no interest in taking over humanity. What are they going to do? Like you know, they, like they don't need money. They don't. They don't need prestige or anything like that. None of that, right? They're just right. here to serve us. And and you can look at all the technologies that have been built so far. None of the technologies, including the nuclear uh, uh, at- atomic uh, bomb, was meant to be like a weapon. Humans used it as a weapon. So yes, AI can be used by a bad person, but AI itself is not going to, you know, think about taking over humanity. So, um, so that's one. Secondly, uh, there's going to be job uh, replacement. Yes as it has happened multiple times in our uh, uh, in our evolution you know when the car was invented people were afraid what's going to happen to the horse cart industry when uh, you know uh, when uh, radio came along people were worried what's going to happen to newspaper industry uh, when uh, steam engine was invented they were worried what's going to happen to the people working in the field so um, the idea is that when technological revolutions happen people have to upskill themselves and then they find better jobs. But the problem is that, um, first of all, this is a big shift. Uh, AI is the biggest, in my opinion, biggest technological revolution that humanity will ever see uh, because uh, it has now enhanced our ability to think, our mind, our cognitive ability. Before this, every other invention was uh, to enhance our physical abilities. 
you know, the car helps us make move faster. The crane helps us lift heavier weights, but AI will help us think faster, better. So if we can uh, upskill ourselves, uh, then we will be in uh, a tremendously uh, advantageous position because now we can do much more. We can accomplish much more. And uh, especially right now, as AI is, is just getting started, so a good example is in the 1990s, you know, if you went and talked to somebody and said, hey, do you need an email address or do you need a website? And they'll be like, what? I don't need an email address. I've got my phone. Uh, I don't need a website. And then one day in 1997, Jeff Bezos started a website and he became the richest person on the planet. In 20 years, he took over Walmart, which has been around for 100 years, right? So imagine now AI is 100 times more powerful. If somebody said to uh, themselves, oh, I'm gonna embrace this, I'm gonna improve my you know, business, I'm gonna improve my the job I do, uh, I'm gonna improve the way I teach kids, uh, you know, where will they be in five years? And if they don't use it, you know, and and their competitor is using it. Where will they be in five years? They will be playing catch up. So, um, so yes, there's going to be job displacement, uh, but it is it is going to be for the better because um, the stress, the anxiety that we experience is because of what happens in our mind. In uh, you know, uh, we project the future. But if if that stress can be relieved by talking, you know, letting the machine do the thinking, then we can focus on the more creative aspects, more enjoyable aspects of our of our uh, work. That is awesome. I, I love what you're talking about there, and it, and 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 I've especially got to tie it into the the classroom because right now, you know, there's 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 pretty much like two sides. Of, uh, one side is panicking because. You know, ChatGPT might might be able to be writing everybody's essays, and so they don't know if it's real or is it not real. Or you know, to quote an old uh, commercial, is it Memorex or is it not? You know, but the you know, it's it's something that uh, um, really has some uh, afraid of that. And then there's others saying, but wait, we you know, it, it has its limitations, and we could we figure out how to incorporate it. I mean, what what would be your message to them to to that type of audience? See, um, education has always uh, transitioned. You know, it has always been uh, in in flow as humans evolve. So when writing was invented, uh, you know, uh, we, we like, okay, let's even go back. When uh, writing, writing was invented maybe six, 7,000 years ago, that's it. Humans have been on this planet for 200,000 years, right? So for 195,000 years, information used to be passed on to uh, next generation by telling stories. Uh, you know, even if we read our religious books or uh, scripture, they tell stories to make you understand a complex concept, right? Uh, if we go, uh, you know, during the Renaissance period, like there were no, uh, there was a lot of progress in science and technology and culture and art, but there were no exams. There were no like, you know, have you have you studied this? Like how, it was learning by doing, you know, if, if you do well, then you get the praise of the people and then you, you know, you progress in your career. Now with the industrial revolution, we had to make sure that people have uh, passed a certain standard uh, and they recall things from their mind, right? From in their mind. So we, we came up with these concepts of, okay, you need to write a test. You need to prove that you, that you know this uh, subject. You need to write an essay so that I can see, yeah, you can think, think right now that thinking ability has been commoditized. It's not, it's not going to be valued anymore. Uh, you know, so, so the ability to look up a subject 
with chat gpt or ai and then uh, marry it with your, uh, some new concept that you're working on that will be valued so in my opinion we should encourage people to use ai and chat gpt and say okay you know this is a super intelligent machine show me how you can extract something meaningful out of it because here is the thing even if i give chat gpt to 100 people 90% of the people will not be able to ask the right question to this super intelligent being you see so if we are able to teach them how to ask the right question it goes back to relationships empathy all that stuff that's more valuable than ability to write an essay that's so awesome because you you're so, you're so right and i love that how you went back in time to talk about the, the those changes like that because you know it is it is fascinating how we are so reliant now on uh, something that in the past, um, you know, the passing down of information and so forth. And, and now we almost miss the chance to get that information because people are, are too distracted by other things. But it's like, uh, you know, a big part of our, our world is, is right here with how you might be able to use this. And, and yeah. like you said, I love what you said, ask the right questions because it is funny how, you know, uh, you can have, we've got more power in our, in our smartphones. You know, I, I've heard it des- described than what was, you know, actually put an astronaut on the moon, yeah, yeah, exactly. although exactly. we're getting ready to do it again. But, but you know, in that phone is more computing power yet. Uh, sometimes the only time that phone is accessed is to, you know, show a picture of what you ate that night. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. But now, but now if, if you, if you train uh, our kids to ask the right question, they'll use the phone for much more productive uses, right? I love it. Yes, I love that because that's that's so so much uh, a big part of it is learning um, what those questions are and what what you want to know and how you want to get there. You know, it's it's funny because one of the crazy things about some of the AI now is like if you use a, a phone, an Android or a smartphone, and you have the you have one of those map apps on there and it gets used to you driving certain ways. So it starts predicting and telling you, you know, um, if you left now, it would take you <laughs> this yeah, long yeah, to get yeah. home. And it's like, Whoa, okay. You're freaking me out here now, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, so in, in the AI that you, you work with, I mean, cause you have four patents. Um, t- tell us what you focus on. What's, what's your world of AI that you focus on? Uh, for me, again, it, it starts with humans. Uh, you know, how can we improve human life? How can we improve human experience? So uh, my work is primarily has been in healthcare and education. Uh, one of the projects that we did, uh, it actually, and you will relate to that, um, 30% of the students drop out of their degree programs in the first two years. And the reason is because when they enroll, they find out uh, this program is too uh, difficult for them or it's no interest to them. So we created some AI algorithms to uh, recommend the right courses to the students based on their uh, history, based on their interest. And this is similar to how Netflix recommends shows to to us. Um, so uh, so this program was successful enough that uh, you know a lot of lot of students they completed their degree program without uh, dropping out and then this is the program that uh, got mentions from obama and uh, and bill gates so so uh, and and uh, healthcare same thing like you know detecting uh, illnesses uh, helping figure out you know uh, helping uh, the doctors make better diagnoses uh, or, you know so so there's so many applications of ai where the thing is as humans, we have a limited ability to think. On top of that, we have we all carry emotional baggage. So if I'm if I'm if I have uh, you know some problem in my leg, I go visit a doctor, a surgeon, 
and he says, "Oh, I'm gonna have to cut off your leg." And that day, he 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 may be the best surgeon on the planet, but that day he had a fight with his wife. You know that is going to affect his ability to make decisions, right? So we we have to recognize that uh, we are just humans. Uh, you know, just emotional bundles of uh, of a uh, uh, flesh. And so if we can supplement our cognitive ability with AI. Uh, that's, that's a good scenario. Yeah, I like, I, I like that. Cause that's, you know, um, <laughs> I've had some, I had a major, major surgery happen this last year. And it's one of those things where, yeah, I don't need the surgeon to have had an argument with somebody or be drinking. I actually asked him, uh, before they put me under, I said, uh, I said, now you, you don't drink too much coffee, do you? Or, yeah, don't, yeah. don't feel like sneezing or anything like that. Yeah. He said, he said, he laughed and he, he said, yeah, uh, yeah. no. And he goes, now go to sleep. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, there's, there's so many things that can cause humans to be sidetracked that, uh, yeah. it's, it's nice if it helps play that role to, uh, keep you from doing that. I, you know, I, so in the, in this, you know, in this, one of the things that I've, I've read, uh, that you've talked about before. So I was curious is what role does meditation play with AI? What do you, what do you, oh, what do you huge, say huge, huge. Uh, in fact, here is my thesis. People who, the AI is, is a technology that will only be harnessed to its fullest potential by people who have higher level of consciousness, people who meditate, because uh, meditation helps you see the world in a very different way. It it helps you absorb so much more than than you miss out. It's like people who don't meditate, they're walking around, uh, you know, again, no offense to people who don't meditate. I'm just describing the experience. So as you start to meditate, it feels like you had, a, a, you know, a, a, a dirty window through which you were looking at. And now with meditation, you sort of cleaned off the dust and now you can look clearly. Not only you can observe the world more clearly, but you can observe your own thoughts and mind more clearly. You can see where, uh, let's say you, if you're feeling anxious, you can see where that anxiety is coming from. If you're feeling excited, you can see where that excitement is coming from. So meditation uh, sort of helps you unlock that 90% of your subconscious mind and work with the full full mind. Not only that, but it really you start to feel one with the universe. You start to feel uh, one with other humans, other species, which is which is the fact. Like, you know, we are all made of uh, stardust and and uh, we are part of this universe, but it's so difficult to grasp that uh, concept until you experience it. And meditation is one way to to get to that. That's awesome. Yeah, because th this is going to flow right into um, what I wanted to get you to, which is so AI, meditation, the way we think, kind of in improving the way we think, like you, you talked about earlier, the idea that we can change, you know, our focus to be able to uh, um, achieve whatever it is. So how can AI help us achieve our dreams? What do you think? Sure. Okay. I'll give you a trick. Okay. Um, I, I think if people try this, they, they uh, you know, ask them to try it and then report back to me in, in seven days. I, I hope people try it. Okay. So let's say you want uh, something to happen in your life, something good, you know, um, don't shoot, don't go like, don't uh, think of something big, like I want to earn a million dollars. No, like think of, uh, you know, I want to take 
uh, I want to go on a little trip with my kid or, you know, I want to celebrate uh, dinner with my kid or something along those lines, right? So what, what happens in our mind is we think about a thought and that's where it stops. Nothing happens after that, right? So go, go to chat GPT, sign up for a free account and ask it to write a very elaborate story of you going to dinner with your kid. You know, describe every, because our mind is not able to, you know, imagine a lot of these details. That's where our minds are get, getting stuck in, in this world. But if you ask ChatGPT, you know, describe in detail, what did we eat? You know, describe the restaurant scene, all of that, you know, or let's say you want to go on a long drive, you want to find a date, whatever that is, right? You, 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 you ask ChatGPT to write a detailed story, read it to yourself every day for five days, seven days, and then let me know what happens in your life you will feel the same meditative effect and many of you will actually see those things coming together in your life. That is awesome. I love that. That is so cool. Um, so have you, have you had anybody do that for you? you know, I do it. I do it. Uh, and you know, I do it all the time, but, nice. um, yeah. Very cool. All right. So listeners, you gotta, you gotta challenge here. You gotta, Got to take that shot at it and see what uh, what it ha- what what difference it makes for you. So good stuff. I love it. I, uh, you know, one of the things I got got to say bef- before we finish up because we're getting close now, uh, Manuj. And one of them is, where do you think AI is going? I mean, what what where? Obviously, we're kind of in a beginning stages here where it's starting to freak us out, but it's got to mm-hmm. be on its path somewhere. What do you think? Well, in my opinion, uh, AI is going to fuse with the human mind. Uh, there's going to be a place where, uh, again, you know, coming from an engineer, technology expert, it sounds weird, but I think the heart is, uh, our heart is a hundred thousand times more powerful than our mind. And we let our mind come in the way of feeling that. And so once the AI sort of fuses with our mind, we won't have to worry so much about uh, the daily sort of routine or what will happen in the future. We'll be able to actually uh, experience uh, the utopian sort of uh, existence that we are meant to have, which is to just connect with others, uh, enjoy this life on on planet Earth, uh, you know, be abundant. I think that's that's the future, you know, um, uh, abundance for everyone. Uh, because if you see um, the world GDP is about $80 trillion. My estimate is $50 trillion of that is just service industry trying to, uh, trying to, uh, you know, hold together the rest of 30 trillion, which is actual consumption manufacturing, which is what we need to survive. The rest is just, you know, insurance, banking, things which we just need to uh, carry on with life. Um, but the rest is, you know, the real economy is like very minuscule. So if, if uh, when we reach a stage where human mind and AI uh, sort of starts to fuse, uh, we can see all those resources going into um, helping humanity, uh, you know, eliminating food, uh, hunger, uh, you know, addressing climate change, these type of things. So that's where I see uh, the eventuality uh, of, of this um, technology. That's so awesome. I love it. Uh, mm-hmm. It's wide open for us, isn't it? It's, yeah, yeah. Uh, here we go. So absolutely. good stuff. I, you know, before I forget, I want to make sure that uh, you get a chance to uh, tell everybody about your podcast, Bootstrapping Your Dreams. You got yeah, boots. Yeah. So, um, so my, uh, you know, I, I've spent so much time in um, helping startups, um, 
build technology. And uh, most uh, startups these days, you know, th- their first step is to raise money. But I have seen, I have helped many people raise tens of millions of dollars. And uh, I've seen uh, what happens when they raise money. More mo- In most cases, they go south immediately after they raise money. Um, so, uh, and I can go into that in a different uh, discussion. So I've always believed that true businesses are built by bootstrapping, by, by you know, just uh, figuring things out. So I started this podcast uh, called Bootstrapping Your Dreams. And I bring on guests uh, who have done, you know, amazing things in in life uh, uh, by just figuring things out, uh, struggling and, you know, finding solutions, building those relationships. And so all these stories are, uh, you know, it also informs me about um, how I can react to situations when I go through tough times. So that's the idea, telling people that, you know, anything is possible in in this world uh, as long as you, uh, you know, follow some simple principles. Awesome. And, uh, I'm a subscriber and enjoying it. And, uh, and I got to tell everyone, you got to check, got to check it out. So, uh, bootstrapping your dreams. You. Good stuff. Uh, uh, Manoj, where would someone go if they wanted to reach out to you and learn more? Yeah. So if you want to connect with me, go to, uh, my, uh, connection website. It's, uh, manoj.ca, my first name, M-A-N-U-J, uh, .ca, or you can go to my website, Manoj Agarwal. It's my full name, uh, manojagarwal.com or just find me on LinkedIn, uh, with my name and, uh, yeah, I'll be happy to connect and, uh, let me know how I can help. Awesome. And I'll have that information in the show notes. So it's easy for people just to go in there and click and go to you. So good stuff. So I got two last questions I want to ask you in there. Questions I like to ask my guests, uh, Manuj. And the first one goes, how do you keep going when so much is going on that you may want to quit? Well, um, what you have to do is you have to find your why. You have to find your mission. Um, Because if that mission is bigger than you and your pain, then you keep going. So my why is my family, my kids. Um, you know, I want to show them um, what is it, what is possible in a human lifetime. Because uh, you know, if I can achieve big things, then I can show them they can achieve big things. Secondly, I feel like you know I, I'm in a position to really make a huge impact, especially with AI. You know, a lot of misinformation, a lot of fear around that. Uh, so if I can make a difference in people's lives and help them uh, understand this technology, that's a bigger mission than than me or my difficulties in a particular day. Uh, so that's what keeps me going. Love it. Awesome. Uh, last question. Do you have a teacher in your past who made a difference in your life? If so, who was it? And what would you say if given the chance to say thank you? Well, absolutely. Like, uh, so my seventh grade teacher, um, she, uh, I, I can't remember her name, but, uh, you know, she uh, saw something in me, uh, which I didn't see myself. Uh, the story is that, uh, you know, one, uh, before my final exams, I uh, went to hospital for a month and I could not study. Um, but she said, you know, uh, just take a chance. You know, if you still have two weeks, just take a chance and see you will how you'll do. And I said, you know, I'll embarrass myself. She said, it's okay. You know, everybody knows you are sick, so no embarrassment. And I took those exams and then I was uh, ranked first in the class. So she really encouraged me to, you know, see... Um, something in me and I can't forget that. So that's where uh, I think a lot of my self-confidence started to build up from there. That's so cool. Thanks for sharing. And Manoj, thanks so much for talking with me. It was awesome talking with you about going from $2 a day to a fortune 500 um, boardroom to all this cool stuff that's going on with AI and, and help me think about uh, this, this future that we got coming up with it. I love it. Thank you so much. Wishing the best in all you do. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Hey, you have been listening to Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12, a podcast to help you help kids achieve their dreams. 
Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12 is a member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcasts for educators, podcasts by educators. Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12 is a member of the podcast network based in Canada called Voice Ed Radio. Voice Ed Radio, your voice is right here. The opinions expressed on Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12 are those of the guests and hosts. Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12 is intended to share ideas, advice, and suggestions. Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12 is produced for educational purposes. Hey, thanks for listening. It would be awesome if you visited my website at stephenmaletto.com and connected with me, left a review, and listened to more episodes. And by the way, you could also share it with your friends, with your family, and uh, your colleagues. Thanks so much. You're awesome.